Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Abandonment to Divine Providence by Jean Pierre de Cossade, S.J. Book 1, Chapter 1, Section 3, The Work of Our Sanctification Continued. Are either of these practices of sanctity above our strength? Certainly not the act of fidelity, since it imposes duties that cease to be duties when we have no longer the power to fulfill them. If the state of your health does not permit you to go to Mass, you are not obliged to go. The same rule holds good for all the precepts laid down. That is to say, for all those which prescribe certain duties. Only those which forbid things evil in themselves are absolute, because it is never allowable to commit sin. Can there then be anything more reasonable? What excuse can be made? Yet this is all that God requires of the soul for the work of its sanctification. He exacts it from both high and low, from the strong and the weak. In a word, from all, always and everywhere. It's true, then, that he requires on our part only simply and easy things, since it is only necessary to employ this simple method to attain to an eminent degree of sanctity. If over and above the commandments, he shows us the counsels as a more perfect aim, he always takes care to suit the practice of them to our position and character. He bestows on us, as the principal sign of our vocation to follow them, the attractions of grace which make them easy. He never impels anyone beyond his strength, nor in any way beyond his aptitude. Again, what could be more just? All you who strive after perfection and who are tempted to discouragement at the remembrance of what you have read in the lives of the saints and of what certain pious books prescribe, O you who are appalled by the terrible ideas of perfection that you have formed for yourselves, it is for your consolation that God has willed me to write this. Learn that of which you seem to be ignorant. This God of all goodness has made those things easy which are common and necessary in the order of nature, such as breathing, eating, and sleeping. No less necessary in the supernatural order are love and fidelity. Therefore, it must needs be that the difficulty of acquiring them is by no means so great as is generally represented. Review your life. Is it not composed of innumerable actions of very little importance? Well, God is quite satisfied with these. They are the share that the soul must take in the work of its perfection. This is so clearly explained in Holy Scripture that there can be no doubt about it. Fear God and keep the commandments. This is the whole duty of man, Ecclesiastes 12, 13. That is to say, this is all that is required on the part of man. And it is in this that active fidelity consists. If man fulfills his part, God will do the rest. Grace being bestowed only on this condition, the marvels it affects are beyond the comprehension of man. For neither ear has heard, nor eye seen, nor has it entered the mind 
what things God has planned in his omniscience, determined in his will, and carried out by his power in the souls given up entirely to him. The passive part of sanctity is still more easy, since it only consists in accepting that which we have often have no power to prevent, and in suffering lovingly, that is to say with sweetness and consolation, those things that too often cause weariness and disgust. Once more I repeat, in this consists sanctity. This is the grain of mustard seed, which is the smallest of all the seeds, the fruits of which can neither be recognized nor gathered. It is the drachma of the gospel, the treasure that none discover because they suppose it to be far away to be sought, too far away to be sought. Do not ask me how this treasure can be found. It is no secret. The treasure is everywhere. It is offered to us at all times and wherever we may be. All creatures, both friends and enemies, pour it out with prodigality, and it flows like a fountain through every faculty of body and soul, even to the very center of our hearts. If we open our mouths, they will be filled. The divine activity permeates the whole universe. It pervades every creature. Wherever they are, it is there. It goes before them, with them, and it follows them. All they have to do is to let the waves bear them on. Would to God that kings and their ministers, princes of the church and of the world, priests and soldiers, the peasantry and laborers, in a word, all men, could know how very easy it would be for them to arrive at a high degree of sanctity. They would only have to fulfill the simple duties of Christianity and of their state in life, to embrace with submission the crosses belonging to that state and to submit with faith and love to the designs of providence and all those things that have to be done or suffered without going out of their way to seek occasions for themselves. This is the spirit by which the patriarchs and prophets were animated and sanctified before there were so many systems of so many masters of the spiritual life. This is the spirituality of all ages and of every state. No state of life can assuredly be sanctified in a more exalted manner, nor in a more wonderful and easy way than by the simple use of the means that God, the sovereign director of souls, gives them to do or to suffer at each moment. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle God of youth, patron of thy own vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Having introduced this distinction between active fidelity and passive fidelity, the distinction between doing what is God's will, and suffering what God allows. Having made that distinction, the Kosad asks, is this impossible for us to do? And in tonight's reading, he tries to persuade us, no, it's not impossible. And what's the first thing we have to realize? That in terms of the act of fidelity, 
God does not command the impossible. And so if something is actually impossible for us to do, he gives the example of being unable to go to Mass. Well, then you're not obliged to go to Mass. But if we can do something, and if God wants us to do something, then becoming holy requires us to do it. This is my food, Jesus says, to do the will of him who sent me. Mary, who was without sin, her first spoken words include that beautiful prayer, let it be done to me according to thy word. She, before even that moment, before she accepted passively what God was willing, she had always corresponded with his grace. That's why she's full of grace. She never sinned. And so part of doing the will of God, part of active fidelity, is avoiding sin. We cannot do evil that good may come of it. And God gives us the grace to avoid sin and to do his will. We don't have to have crazy ideas of perfection. We have to do simply the things that God asks of us according to his commandments and according to our state in life. We don't have to be discouraged. We don't have to try to compare ourselves to anyone else. There is no other person who has the duties that you and I have. There is no one else who is being called to imitate Christ the way you and I are in our particular place. And so we do the will of God. We fulfill what he's asking of us. If we try to do our part, God will do the rest. And all these little actions, all these little fidelities enable us to be faithful in the long haul. If we're faithful in small things, we'll be faithful in great. Okay, so there's the active part. Now, what about the passive part of sanctity? Well, there ends up being a limit, isn't there? A limit to what we can do, what even what we can achieve by his grace in our activity. And so to stretch our hearts, God sends things into our life that we have to accept. Things that we wouldn't like to happen generally. A certain bitterness, a certain difficulty, a certain distastefulness, a weariness, a disgust. All these things come in and the Lord says, will you accept this? And we don't want to be like children, you know, children have something put on their plate, they're supposed to eat. Oh, I don't like that. Ugh, take that away from me. No, our Lord says to us, no, eat what's put before you in your life. Don't refuse me. Accept this. And if you accept what I'm sending, I know what I'm doing. I know how I'm shaping you. It's like coins in a pocket that rub against each other and get shiny. Or things that are jagged can get smoothed out by rubbing. Or iron sharpens iron, the Bible says. In other words, things happen to us to smooth us out, to shine us up, to make us holy. And this is what sanctity consists in. Doing God's will and accepting God's will. And all this is made possible because Jesus gives us his own heart. And that's what he did. He did his Father's will and he accepted what the Father willed him to undergo. And that's what Mary did. And that's what all the saints have done. Oh, open our eyes, Lord, to see how simple this path to sanctity really is. But 
Help us be faithful. Give us a heart that wants God's will more than our own will. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.